Hello, I'm Sharon. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Sam. And we are the founders of the Tejanas and Film Collective, also known as TIFF. You're listening to the TIFF Voices podcast. This limited series is a discussion about the recent Netflix show, Selena the Series. TIFF is a collective that aims to empower Latina filmmakers who identify as Tejanas. We prioritize cultural identity and gender equality in our efforts to cultivate community and creativity, improve visibility, and increase our representation on screen and within the industry. A full transcript of this episode is available in the video description. Hey everyone, welcome um, to the Tejanas and Film podcast, the Selena series. And today we are going to dive into episodes seven and eight. Yeah, what do you guys think? The intro of Chris. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I uh, talked to Sharon earlier today and I was like, I squealed so many times when I saw these two episodes because <laughs> I was just like, this is what I've been craving. How about Sharon, you guys? I know Sharon didn't think he was very hot, but. Uh... Oh, did I say that? <laughs> I actually don't remember. I mean, he's all right. He's all right. No, I think he's pretty attractive. And I actually really think that it's, I don't know, we get more of him in this than in the movie, of course. Like, mm-hmm. in the movie, I almost felt like we knew him by his few lines, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. my sisters and I would always quote the part where it was like, how does it feel to be a married man? It feels good. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, yeah. it was very, like, he was very on the surface. And, like, yes. here, you see him being, like, very respectful and, like, understanding the complicated um situation that selena is in with her dad but you know he's still very much falling in love Mm -hmm. yeah i think he's he's a really good casting choice too even though it's quite he's quite different you know physically from chris and and even from uh last actor what is it john seda he's got the hair i'll give him that you know got some good hair do you think it's his hair it kind of I don't know I think when we first see him it it seems a little too much like it wouldn't fit him but but I don't know I don't know I don't have curly hair you guys (laughs) right y'all are the experts (laughs) I feel like it's a wig because like I guess just realistically like it would take him so long to grow at his hair like that and unless he was like I'm going to audition for this role. Like, this is the role of my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he would have grown it out. But I agree with you, Sharon, in that we get a lot more of Chris in this series. I I did feel like in the movie he was very, like, mysterious, and that was part of his draw. Whereas, um, you know, in the series, we get a bit more of his longing for her as she's longing for him. And that part made me really bought into the narrative but then I think from the like fan aspect and kind of knowing the dynamic between the family and Chris like I've I've talked about this before I, I feel like that is clouding a lot of my experience right I I see this, yeah. these interactions between Selena and, and Chris on screen and I'm like but did that really happen or is this Abraham's version you know I'm like upset about it but um yeah, but as far as of... oh go ahead I, I was just gonna say as far as the narrative goes though like I feel like it's um it's doing what it needs to do to me right like we're seeing both of their you know like I said longing for each other while Selena's career is starting to reach this kind of culmination um and that anticipation 
anticipation of the English language album. So I'm feeling like the way that they're setting it up is um, is smart. Yeah. I was just going to say that I I feel the same way. Like I'm constantly wondering if the moments, like those moments between Chris and Selena when they're by themselves, mm-hmm. like how much of it is true. But I have to keep thinking like, oh, I'm, I am watching a fiction yes like series you know it's it's not it's not a documentary you know so okay one more moment which we might talk about later but there was one moment where I cried and then immediately was like man and that was when she finally gets her number one on the charts and they're all like outside doing the whole champagne thing and they're barbecuing And then she has that moment where she's getting emotional and she's like, I'm just remembering that little girl. Mm -hmm. And like that brought so much emotion to me because I was just like, oh, my God, she's like reflecting on how far they've come and they're only going to go further and, uh, you know, connecting with her culture. And then she says, I did it. And thanks to you, dad. And then I was like, man, we're just... (laughs) Here we are again. I mean, Abraham deserves his props. I get it. But like it took something out of that for me. And yeah. like had I not already had that experience of like knowing, I think I would have been like, oh, how nice. Her, her and her right. dad, you know. But that was a moment where I was, I cried and then immediately was like, <laughs> dried back up. <laughs> yeah. They they have used Selena really well in that regards of like opening up, being like the sentimental person mm-hmm. and thinking about like, them you know where they've come from um and stuff and I I got kind of mushy inside too and yeah but just knowing you know seeing Abraham's and Suzette's name on the EP credits you know just kind of takes away some of those those moments you know Mm -hmm. but what I will say is like I do I do like the many times we see Chris and Selena being intimate or whatever or show expressing love it's all through like Suzanne like Suzanne catching them and so I do wonder like how much of that was like Suzette giving her own two cents of like these moments you know that she had like caught them right you know because I that's an interesting observation yeah 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 because I think I mean she caught them like a few I mean like she never actually like caught them kissing or anything but it was always like something was up you yeah, know there's like the observations there yeah one time where they're backstage ab is the one who was like okay let's go like when they're in the cow print or whatever right but i mean yeah. you know chris did write that book and i'm sure that the writers also have that into consent you know what i mean like they it's part of the research i found out that they were not allowed to uh reference that book and so I, I do think it's a little unfortunate that like you know it's cool to get whoever's perspective we're getting now but the closest perspective to like who was with Selena in the room is a perspective that cannot be considered you know so oh my god that makes me so upset and he was never contacted like nobody contacted him for yeah. this show like he so. has been able to give no. any kind of Nothing. feedback or you know 
when we saw it, he saw it too, you know? Yeah. Like, damn. I mean, it's just made very clear of like, you are not part of her narrative, which is pretty fucking sad because like, I've been waiting the whole series for this. Like, I want to yeah. see her fall in love. I think, you know, they, they set you up early in the series for like, ooh, she's not allowed to love anybody. And I, it very well could have gotten, it could have gotten, or there could have been more conflict between Abraham and Chris on screen. And I was like, I hope they don't go that route. I hope they don't paint him as like, you know, this evil guy that shouldn't be distracting Selena. So they gave us those moments, but it's disappointing to hear that like they yeah. didn't take that book into consideration. Although low key though, like maybe somebody read some of it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would have been like, I hope that. I'm definitely going to read it. You know, like I, yeah, I'd be like, that's the man. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, these two episodes for me, I felt like were stronger than the episodes in the beginning of the series, which you know, I am now starting to see a trend of like, all right, it's getting better as we go. So mm -hmm. with the discussion of like a part two potentially coming, I'm less hesitant about it. And because like, I kind of know what's, and, and I wonder too, how much of this is informing my experience too, but, but knowing what's coming, right. And then thinking about all of the ways that they could do that. So like before they yeah. even presented Chris, I was like, how are they going to do it? Or, you know, as we move into her much bigger career, like what are they going to choose to highlight? And I think that's been my experience with this whole series and the moments that I find as like good or keep me are the ones that I feel the most aligned with my expectations. So I'm, it's been a real struggle to try and break that down and like watch it for what it is. But as I go and am having a better experience with each of the episodes, I am, I'm starting to let more and more of that go and, and letting it kind of take me. I actually didn't know that there was going to be a season two until I got to about these episodes. Mm -hmm. And I had been like, wait, how in the world are they going to do this? Like, yeah, how I are know. we going to cover so much ground in the next few episodes? And then I found out and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I could just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the thing. I know. Yeah. I was like, Yolanda should have been involved a long yeah. time ago <laughs> if that was the case, you know? We think it's all going to end at this point. You know, when we were talking about the the backyard speech scene, um, and as we went into those discussions, like it branched into three different things for me. Like one of them is just, I actually felt like it was a, an awkward celebration speech. And I, I thought it was weird to me that she, you know, we've, in this version of the Selena story, I feel like we haven't set her up as the little girl that was dreaming about, that had a dream. Mm -hmm. It was more like the little girl that, whose dad was leading her down this thing and she even, the dream grew on her. Mm -hmm. So that- Fulfilled that, someone else's dream, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that speech, like to me, I was just like, what? Like all of a sudden it's a different narrative. And I thought that was weird. And I, and you know, uh, even listening to Chelsea talk about it or both of y'all, you know, mentioning like, it was about how much they had worked so hard. So I feel like that speech would have been a little bit more accurate to who Selena is, like being thoughtful of others. Like she wouldn't have just been saying like, you know, about the little girl. She would have probably said something like, um, you know, I was just thinking about us as little kids and like the kids who didn't really love music and wanted to whatever, or who didn't know how to embrace music. But it, I just found it strange that suddenly she was talking about her own success and her own dream that never really is established in this version of the Selena story. 
So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I felt like I didn't quite connect with that in that mm-hmm. moment. I did connect with the parts where she was talking about like, oh, you know, like, I'm glad that through this experience, I was able to connect to my culture. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay. I, I do see that feeling more accurate to the experience. And I don't mean accurate to the Selena story, but I just mean like accurate to the character that they've set up right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and what, what do we expect from her, mm. especially in that moment. And then the other thing was just like talking about like, Abraham I feel like they're definitely showing him as like kind of it, it, it reminds me of like toxic work environments yes. and and <laughs> as I'm watching it I'm getting yeah. those like feelings mm-hmm. of, you know anytime he's doing stuff it's like you know the the toxic uh boss comes around and everyone just like the party's just like over and yeah um I don't know I I really I feel like it is showing him more in this is showing the toxicity in his role some mm-hmm. and in the celebration speech like I, I did feel that ominous feeling but I felt like mm-hmm. it was both informed by you know what we know about him in in real life and then mm-hmm. what we're seeing happen on screen because even just like the pressure he puts on AB especially mm-hmm. in these episodes it's just like yeah. you have a new work right mm-hmm. like he knows yes. the answer is no but he's like really pushing his son mm-hmm. He uh, never uses, he never like uh, is a positive reinforcement to yeah, anything. Never. Like no. even when she gets the gold record, he doesn't even say mm-hmm. like, congratulations. I don't think um, yeah. he's he, just like, very, just yeah. 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 I mean, I, I totally agree in, in that part of it. At one point I was just like, damn, he didn't even set like a deadline. He was just like, get me new stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I was definitely thinking about like the whole toxic work environment when you bring that up. But I do feel like there are moments throughout the series that like he'll be set up as, you know, this is these are tactics that he's using on his kids. But then they're almost forgiven or there are later devices that are used to almost forgive that behavior. So, yeah, for example, there's a scene where I'm still trying to figure out why even this exists, but the whole never stop thing so Marcella starts talking about how she and Abraham met and then there's a flashback to you know when they met and then an even further flashback of him at working at Denny's and so you see this kind of um quick kind of vignette of him working at Denny's but then not and then you know now he has this life with Marcella and then they're paying off their houses, you know, fast forward to now and they're paying off their houses, which, okay, great. But I feel like that was put there so that it's putting him in a position where it's like, see all of that pressure, everything that he's done, it was all worth something, but at what expense? And that's not what we ever see. We never see the, the at what expense part of it. You know what I mean? Like we only see, okay, he was real hard on them and then they got platinum or, you know, gold records. Yeah. Yeah, But So it, it's an interesting dynamic that they've set up with him. And I feel like it's a bit more complex than I was anticipating. But yeah, with the whole like toxic work environment thing, that's exa- there's no other way to put it than that. Yeah, because yeah, also like how did the, the bandmates interact with him? You know, like they're always walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. And even when the party happens and they get caught, mm-hmm. it's not like they tried to hide everything then, you know. Yeah. Um, but he just kept 
putting it on AB, you know, and mm-hmm. like everything's on AB. Like, yeah, it's uh, a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, yeah, but like there must have been some tension with the bandmates also, you know, probably because how could they not? Because it's like machismo men, <laughs> right? And egos flying, and they're all young men, so like there had to have been some you know tension and conflict among them but you know abraham is just such a force that it it might have been like we need to establish the aspect that he was this presence over them yeah and no matter how much they fought back against it didn't really change the fact that like that was the kind of power dynamic that existed among the band yeah yeah because in a lot of those environments it's like no one there's that's that's what makes them like survive is that there's this strange thing that happens where no one is willing to speak up ever you know yeah like, mm-hmm. and I think that's all contributing to the the toxicity so it does make that like thanks dad moment kind of like, oh I know yeah that's kind of um, you know yeah. yeah I bet it must be harder when like that boss is your dad is your parent you know oh yeah it's not like it's someone that you could just like you know quit the job and whatever yeah because not only is it the familial dynamic but it is that um aspect of like the fact that he's controlling all aspects of her life so she doesn't have autonomy in in a sense right like she can't choose well, I'm going to go to another another record label and go do an English album. Like, that's not a decision that she can make. Like, he has control over every aspect of her life, even now. Um, but in that moment, I'm sure that that's definitely why they existed the way that they did, right? Like, why the whole relationship had to be secretive, why, you know, they just really weren't making decisions on their own. Um, A.B., I think Abraham made it clear that it was like, there's one way that we get success and that is if you grind a b to get us songs and selena doesn't do anything but perform and then suzette has to be here to support and do everything that she can to make sure that that happens and then marcella is along for the ride as well and this is also obviously simplifying everything because they all have very important roles (laughs) but what i'm trying to paint the picture here is that like i think that abraham made this vision so clear to everybody that they weren't thinking outside of that box and weren't thinking well this isn't working i'm gonna go because he set up that whole aspect of like well the family is relying on you and so everyone felt that they had to contribute in that way that he set up because if not then it was the family that was at stake yeah which is why i don't well which is why i don't really understand um the moment where selena asked ab to ask if chris likes her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because i was i already see how much like ab is working really hard to be successful and to like not fuck up Mm -hmm. and they're just getting there and it seems so it seems weird that he would do that because we have because there's no moments of like Abraham getting really pissed off at Chris specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been more of just like our I have gotten the feeling that like no, you know, no drugs, no sex, but like no dating within the band because mm-hmm. like we have to keep this going, you know. Yeah. And so why would A and B fuck that up with the pressure he's already mm-hmm. like received? And yeah. it was done in such a like nonchalant like yeah 
high school way. I mean, he even like alludes yeah. to it, like, this isn't high school, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was really hard to like, yeah. And then it didn't like go back to that. Um, yeah. It's that's yeah. so true. It I was mean, weird. Now that you bring that up, it reminds me of something that Sharon brought up a few episodes back about how we rarely see that dynamic between the siblings. And I yeah. feel like that moment is very much a sibling moment. It wasn't yeah. Selena talking to AB as her producer. It was like, hey, sibling, there's this boy that I like. You know him. Can you get the inside scoop? But we don't have that kind of dynamic from them at all. You know, yeah. she's she's now, how many episodes has AB had a child? This is the first time that we see her in proximity with that child, right? And they've been on tour yeah. with them. So the the family aspect is very much framed within the band mm -hmm. aspect or within you know the wrapper of the band and we rarely get these tender moments between them. So when you have a moment like that where you know you would be like, "All right, well yeah, that's her brother. She's just trying to like see what's up." But at this point, we already know the stakes are high. You know, we already know that like why would he do that? He doesn't want there to be distractions. So yeah, yeah I think that's probably a miss in terms of like establishing the 3d-ness of their relationship mm -hmm. i think since we're on the ab and family subject it might be a good segue to um just kind of the the families that are starting to branch out of here now but like one one thing that i or a favorite moment i had in episode seven yes episode seven was i mean i'm totally biased to this but it was like uh, the moment where um, AB is like asking his wife, like what the difference between three like little mm, musical mm -hmm. progressions were. And she's just like, I don't see the difference. <laughs> I'm like, I am constantly bringing my husband in here. I'm like, which edit is better between these two? <laughs> you know, and him just like wanting to just like, oh my gosh, then you're exhausting. Like I need to go you know, I can't give you feedback all the time. And it just, you know, like how taxing it must have been for each of their relationships um, to, to be so immersed in their, you know, have such a blurred line between family and work. Um, so that was one moment um, that I like that had to do with family. But the other is when Suzette <laughs> in uh episode eight meets that one guy yes. Bill Ariaga, oh my god yeah that yes. was the other moment that I squealed I was like yes yeah yeah uh he is charming he Who is yeah is so like, handsome I look him up mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, who are you like that was a moment where I felt like whoa they're they're you know, they're making you feel exactly what Suzette felt in that yes. moment. Or maybe not exactly, of course, Suzette. I'm sure you were more in love. <laughs> than, you know, but a, a, a taste of what Suzette felt in that moment. Because he just opens the door and you're just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Christian Escobar. I'm really interested in seeing more of him. Um, and just, I thought that moment was just so well made. Like a lot of these like moments of romance, um, I feel like they're handling handling them very beautifully and cinematically um it was st with still the 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 like tv look and stuff but um they're playing the right here right now song in the bottom of that <laughs> and it's just like oh yeah <laughs> such a good moment um 
and it kind of had the, a little bit of a montage going with Selena at the fabric store and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just really loved that. And just, it's nice to see each of them experiencing love and family in their own ways outside of the, the nuclear family. And then uh, in terms of Selena's, which is, you know, the impossible love. I Amor think, prohibido, would yeah. you say? <laughs> I, I just love how they closed off um, episode eight. Wait, no, is it eight? No, it's episode seven, where um, they suddenly bring out that split screen and Selena, uh, yes. and, Selena and Chris are on the, you know, mirroring each other on these separate sides of the split screen. And I was like, God, why? Like, <laughs> they know my weakness. I love a good split screen. So <laughs> spot on. It's like, yeah. it's already been established that they both have that record on their, that she has a CD, he has the tape, and they're in different parts of the bus and they're listening yes. to the same thing. And they have the same feeling. Like, it's so, so cheesy, but so perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I thought they did a really good job of those mm -hmm. those moments um, with each of the kids. Yeah. And I like that it was, you know, all three of them. It wasn't just one of them experiencing it. Mm -hmm. I guess that's across episode seven and eight. Well, even with the flashback, like, I was like, oh, man, I do want to see more flashbacks. Like, that could have been fun. Um, so I guess we kind of saw Marcela falling in love as well or something. Mm -hmm. I wish that there was more like practicing, like mm, mm -hmm. the start of seven, you know, and like Abraham meeting Chris for the first time, like didn't feel natural to me. And I was just like, wait a minute, like he was, he probably, just shows up. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up. Like, and I'm sure they were practice, they had to practice, right? I mean, because the whole band is from Corpus, right? They're like all based there. Or I they so. from other? I think it was like theory. established that yeah. Yeah. So I just like I don't know. I wish I could have. I wish it would show more practicing. And I think like someone made a line about like practicing, and I was like, show us the practicing. Like yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot could have been told in those moments, especially with like Chris and AB. Or even Chris and Selena falling more like you see them yeah. looking at each other when she's performing and when she's on stage. But like, yeah, those, those moments of like, you're really together all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and also, it's just like, if Chris was this really great guitarist, like, I want to see that you know like yeah. and couldn't that sort of reel selena into yeah her watching her play or something yeah i mean because we're seeing selena kind of like she's practicing her dancing moves and like i think a praise i have is that the dancing is getting better mm -hmm. um so we see her practicing and working on herself some but yeah like they are a band and this this season has focused on that so much so like why are we only seeing selena yeah uh, practicing yeah yeah that's a good uh, question Chess. and i will say um i think the last our last recording i had mentioned 
um, some indifference with you, Sharon, about the going to like the archive looking performance uh -huh. with like the sound mix, you know, how you were like, I don't like how they're messing with the sound, like going to the real performance and then this like four by three archive footage. Um, I feel like now they're getting a little carried away with this. Oh, I like, got, my, like all the time. And I'm like, I don't need this. It was like in my a note, cut with like them dancing. Yeah. Yeah. My note is now that I started appreciating the archival footage. <laughs> That's amazing. So we, yeah. The, the tables have turned. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, which one is it? Oh, Oh, well, because the archival footage that they used in episode seven was of that, um, the Enamorada de Ti song where she has her backup dancers performing with her. And like, that's a video I really like to watch is because oh, like, the, like when somebody's the... like, dancing all hard. Yeah. And I thought they did a good job on that. Like, I was like, oh, hey, like her dancing really is improving in this show. Like, you know, the actor's performance of Selena. Um, physically was getting a little bit more, um, I guess, I don't know if she was just getting comfortable with the role or if it's just that that's how they wrote Selena, that she was gonna progressively get better at dancing. Cause like we're seeing this montage of her, like even watching dancers on TV and starting to get her moves. Um, but yeah, even, even in all that, like, I mean, I just still am not, I, I, I've been thinking, you know, like, okay, the dancing is getting better but we're still missing all the banter and I've probably said that in yeah. a million episodes now but that is so much a part of like watching a Selena performance and like after you know there's nothing before or after or during a performance where like we get her connecting with her audience mm, so yeah. that mm -hmm. like you mentioned Chelsea about like show me Chris is a good guitar player mm -hmm. um it's like well show me this captivating Selena yeah, yeah. especially because they even show that she got entertainment of a, of the entertainer of the year right. and yeah. she makes that distinction on the Johnny Canela show she's like not just female vocalist but entertainer so yeah that's yeah. that's a really good point and they make the distinction where she's like oh, I, I just feel bad when y'all don't get the, the award too. Mm -hmm. Like this is about her being a very captivating person. And yeah. so like, I'm still not getting that even though we are, I feel like she she is getting better in the moves and stuff, but it's part of the storyline it seems. Um, yeah, there's no interaction between her and the audience in these two episodes. No, she's just, I mean, I just haven't seen it ever. In yeah. But like, yeah, like you're so spot on, like even just some banter on stage and yeah. people being excited and showing close-ups of people trying to reach out to her and, yeah. you know. Because she was that. always like, you know, how you doing? He was not there. <laughs> or like, vamos corpus Christi Just give, you know, give me something. Talk to your audience. Yeah. That's what she would do. And it's just such a simple thing to have done on screen that I'm like, why didn't they do it? Like, why and, not? Yeah, no. And it would have been so great to play into how she becomes more comfortable on stage. Like a few um, episodes ago, right? When she says, um, or maybe it was episode six when um, she wins the awards again, or she has a conversation with like Suzette you know, about like it being kind of lonely up there sometimes, Yeah. you know, and like, 
that would have been such a great moment to showcase her being more comfortable on stage was because she's connecting with the audience. Yeah, yeah. No, because even um, on that, when she gets Entertainer of the Year award, they're like, oh, Entertainer of the Year. So they say it, you know, yeah. there's a lot of like three yeah. years in a row. Yeah. 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 Like very, wow. yeah. And just like the the actor still, like, I feel like there's just this, I went ahead and like watched, cause I've never seen Fear the Walking Dead. I, I looked up clips of Christian playing her role on Fear the Walking Dead. I was like, maybe this is just the way she sounds and whatever. But I was watching an interview with her and I was like, oh, you could have just been yourself and been closer. But I feel like there's a lot of like, even in the way she's talking, there's a lot of restraint that I keep hearing in her voice where like, I don't even hear the full word she says. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I'm not getting the charisma still. And maybe hopefully we get it in season two once she's like matured into this confidence. But I feel like at this point, the Selena that we watch in videos mm-hmm. is already very charismatic. So yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll see what, what comes up because maybe they just decided to leave it to season two. Um, but I will say that as I was watching all that and, you know, just really having Christian Serratos under a magnifying glass, <laughs> I was like, you know, but this is the person to play her in this today. Like, I can't think of who else would play her today mm-hmm. besides, you know, JLo with her uh, very youthful, <laughs> with never- <laughs> but like who else would play her? I just, I was like, hey. And like I said, in that interview, I was just like, oh yeah, I can see why you were cast for her as you're being yourself. But like, I think maybe the pressure of being Selena just took her somewhere else that, you know, maybe she was nervous as the performer herself. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I think it also depends on like the direction that she's getting and what she's working with, you know? Like there, I think there've been several times where, you know, we've all said in, in some capacity, show us don't tell us or something's being way too spot on too on the nose you know and so there might be you know if if it's not there to work with then that might be part of it as well and she might be getting direction that is having her tone it down a bit for whatever reason so yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of uh of that to be thinking about too I do like seeing her now with Pete, like her and Pete having their dynamic together. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah. like that's cool, but it, it is hard to um, take it in as like a a piece that's being edited because there's so many cuts. And mm-hmm. like, I feel I feel like there's this situation where like if you've watched a lot of Selena videos, you're just used to watching that one wide shot coverage, so you see her performance play out and like Mm -hmm. or whatever but in the series because it is a work that a scripted work then it's like getting edited down and and it takes you Mm. out of what you're used to seeing Mm. and I was just thinking of like the time that I saw um the live action Beauty and the Beast Mm -hmm. and after seeing Beauty and the Beast like a million times as a kid I went and saw the live action and anytime something wasn't um like they would sing one of the songs but then they changed up like a little part that you felt was crucial to that song it just takes you completely out Mm -hmm. so that's what I feel like a lot of that just happens um throughout the series that you know could be unfair to the new the new creators of this um 
but it's still happening though. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not the only one that's having that experience too, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and that brings up kind of a bigger question is like how true to, or how much are you taking into consideration the wide fan base and their expectations versus, Mm -hmm. you know, we're adapting, you know, someone's real life story that has already been adapted into an iconic film. Now we're kind of changing that format as well. And our relationship with her, her legacy, her father has also all changed. So it's like, how, where is the balance? How much of that do you take into consideration? I, I, I'm interested to know how much of that, just that conversation happened. Yeah. Well, not to mention that I, you know, we talked about the historical game of telephone in an early episode mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you've got the TV series and then, I mean, you've got the movie that you've got the real life of Selena, you've got the movie, then the TV series, and then like in the future, whatever work's going to be created of that. That's one game of telephone, but the one I had forgotten to consider is just like the production telephone where you've got a writer's room, but then the writer's in any, in almost every film, don't really have a say-so on like what actually gets produced. Mm -hmm. So there was another, you know, filter that it went through there. And so then once the creators have made things, then it's the filter of like showing it to the EPs and either getting their approval on stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, I I do, I've been very interested in like, I hope that they would release the scripts at some point, but I, I doubt they will. But it would be interesting to read what the writers had put on the page versus what ended up on the screen as well. Yeah. yeah. It'd be yeah. an interesting case study for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because these these episodes aren't very long. Like they could be longer to explore more, you know. I keep forgetting. How long are they? I They're like, like 40 minutes. Not even 40 minutes. Not even 40. Yeah. Because I had crammed They're under in this morning. Yeah, so it might be in like the yeah, Is that kind of like the number they're giving to Latinx productions because like Vida was also like 30 40 minutes per episode. No, I think it's standard, think it's standard. yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's like the what is it like 27 minutes for episodic and then the 40 something it was taking into consideration, like it's just like a dated that would legacy, uh runtime but like for streaming yeah right streaming it are, could literally like, be an anything hour, minutes <laughs> yeah it can be anything yeah like game no, of really thrones can. like a feature yeah. yeah yeah like hbo they're very like insecure episodes are you know they kind of range yeah um like is this is this kind of what we're being given because that's another thing too it's like what what kind of funding, like I keep seeing things where I'm like, oh, I bet that they had to do that because of budget reasons. Like mm-hmm. um, when Selena in episode eight cuts her hair off and I'm like, wait, why didn't they like blow it up into, cause when I see pictures of Selena in this time, and of course the thing we're seeing are photo shoots, right? So maybe, cause I was like, why, why didn't they blow her hair up it was always this crazy hairstyle that I, I, when I would see Selena and I was like, that's her. And I was like, why didn't they do that blow up that blowout that, that I see, why did they leave her hair just like flat and wet the whole time? And then only show, you know, the, um, like styled CD. Yeah. And I was like, 
oh, budget probably, you know, or just other things that I'm like, why, you know, why was this done? Maybe one of them was even, um, I, I made a note about, you know, we've talked about showcasing, why are we not showcasing Texas? And mm-hmm. I, I was like, why are the scenes with Selena and Chris, like their romance scenes seem to all happen on the West Coast uh, at a beach. And it's like, and here the landscape is being treated with this, like, you know, we're going to showcase the beauty <laughs> of our Beautiful. West Coast. Yeah. Well, there is one moment, right, that they're supposed to be in Texas. And they're by the beach. I thought they were. I thought there was one moment, unless I'm thinking the last step. No, I thought so because that was in my notes too. Because I was like, oh, episode eight. Like I think they are supposed to be in Texas. Oh, they're supposed at one point. But there is a there is them on the west coast too. But um, they are like speaking. Oh, when they decide to like just be friends, Uh you know. Um, I think they are supposed to be in Texas or that's what I thought but I noticed the rocks yeah (laughs) it was like that's not in Texas coast yeah and again it's like was it because of budget that they couldn't film that (laughs) you know probably like water's water (laughs) you know like because I'm sure they saw each other outside of tour right oh yeah only time we see Chris and Selena like interact is because they're on tour together right we never oh, that's like, true that we anymore. never yeah I did have a question though because like how is Selena getting around and this is probably really getting into the nitty-gritty but like she goes and gets a haircut everyone else is home and then she comes back and I was like wait how does she get there she doesn't even have a car yet she doesn't get her car till later I mean there's uh, probably a family car you know yeah, like they have okay. the bus but they probably have some kind of like one okay. vehicle for everyone kind of thing that would make yeah sense. yeah well, I, and she took Uber, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> and Suzette, was she with a friend or was that with a band member when she goes to meet her crush? Yeah, who is, yeah, who is that guy? <laughs> okay, the, y'all were confused too? Yes, okay. In my head, yeah. I thought he was one of the two roadies. But then I was like, I don't know if he really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I was totally confused. Is. I was like, yeah. "Where are we going? Is this Suzette's life outside of tour?" You know, and yeah. like, "Oh, she really does have friends." You know, yeah. Like, I mean, he very well could have been a high school friend, but yeah. like, we don't know that. How would we know that? Yeah. Well, because even the guy that gets caught with weed on the bus, I was like, "Wait, who's this guy?" Like, I yeah. don't even remember seeing him ever, and I don't care that he gets kicked out. Yeah, I was like, "He's the bar, well, one of the roadies." That was one of the roadies. Oh, was, yeah. I think he was a roadie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just never like, I was like, eh, I don't care. You can go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess oh, man. I was so scared. <laughs> that moment was cute. Yeah. I totally jumped and was like, oh my God. <laughs> it wasn't. The boss is calling. I was like, please don't be Chris. Please don't be Chris. <laughs> And well, I thought I thought he had seen them kiss because they oh, kiss, and then you see almost like a POV shot from like far away. And I'm like, oh, it's Suzette. And then you hear Abraham's voice. And I was like, oh, my God, Abraham just saw them kiss. Yeah. And that's why he's here now. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is that scene from, you know, the movie where he kicks him off the bus. But then yeah. it didn't happen. So you're like, <gasps> Selena and Chris live another day. (laughs) Uh, The further we go in the season, like, I I know I mentioned this in our last recording too, of just how I've like now accepted just how things are, but like looking at it as a whole, like 
it's very like everything's based on action and there's just a lack of like motivation mm-hmm. behind those certain actions and so I feel like every episode is its like own piece and I'm just waiting to see like what happens at this point you know yeah. I mean in a way it's a little like telenovela without the like super drama you know of things <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, very plot plot driven as opposed yeah. to character driven for sure in a, in a series where you would think it would be character driven right you know exactly exactly I guess it, it it would just rely on how vulnerable your character your real life characters that you're basing on mm. are willing to be so uh, yeah there's there's definitely a lot of um uh res- red tape maybe that mm, yes absolutely because yeah. I mean, with red tape speaking to that vulnerability there is the reason we connect with characters is because we are able to see their flaws and that's what connects us to them right we know that we are not perfect people and this this red tape could very well be those people not being willing to be that vulnerable and to show their flaws right so this is a very like cleaned up polished version of this is who I want to be on screen and to be honest if someone was doing a life about or a movie about my life I can't say that I'd be like, throw it all, you know? I yeah, mean, no, exactly. Ideally, I would. That would make it interesting. But, like, I totally understand how Suzette would be like, make me perfect. <laughs> you know? Or, like, Abraham. Right. is but, perfect in it. I love her so much. I, yeah, Honestly, Suzette is. I yeah. am pro She's a Suzette spinoff. Like, yeah. I am so pro <laughs> Suzette. I'm serious. Suzette the series. Yes. 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 The series. yeah. Were you say Chelsea? No, no. I mean, um, I was going to say, like, I totally, I agree with you somewhat, Sam, but it's also like, it is called Selena, the series. And like, she was genuinely like, so, I mean, people are obsessed with her because she just connected. I mean, you can find fans talking about her and how they connected with her. And it just seems like they could have um added more of that you know Absolutely. I mean it's easy to connect with Selena because of her personality at least like the personality on screen that we're all we all see you know and yeah I don't know but that red tape I mean yeah maybe it's hard to like write that <laughs> in because of that red tape you know yeah and considering no one read Chris's book no one knows you know? no one no read one, no books. one was allowed no. To, no one was allowed to consult Chris's book or Chris that's the that cheap, barrier but... in itself yeah. brings me heebie-jeebies like there's the level of control there is um un I, I don't know what the right word is right here, but disconcerting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's control the writers. Don't allow them to dive into every aspect of media. Like, I would have literally read everything I could, listened to everything I could, looked up everything I could, tried on all of the makeup, <laughs> sent a letter to Mac and told him <laughs> to send me free makeup. You know, <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a writer, you want to dive into that, but to be told don't anyway yeah. that's a soapbox yeah. but well back to Suzette being awesome Suzette! <laughs> I immediately googled Bill uh, what's his name Bill Adiaga Bill yeah. Adiaga yeah I was like oh. Suzette's husband <laughs> damn he is as charming in real life uh according to you know the internet <laughs> are they still married 
Look at yes, looking at pictures of oh my god, there needs to be a season. Yes, yes, I can't wait to talk about the last episode, y'all. Oh, yeah, I finally saw it. Well, let's let's wait. We have, I know, I know, we'll wait. Um, no, I know, I need to watch it though. With the Suzette, there was like there was a line. Um, I think it's uh, our our good old favorite character Ron says it. He's like, <laughs> "Man, you don't trust anyone, huh?" And I was just like, "Yes, this is totally who Suzette has been established as throughout yeah. the thing." Because it's just like you know she's being protective of her family, her sister. Like she kind of is the person that's having to really check on on. Um, uh, what would you say like is it I mean I guess protection because mm-hmm. in a way sometimes she's even being protective of like how the father is handling things towards mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Um, so she's like the guardian you know and I really I love how that line just summed it up mm-hmm. yet it wasn't like a sh- you know we're gonna tell you we haven't because they have been showing us and now someone says it out loud mm-hmm. instead of what we've been getting from everyone else which is telling is not showing us um but yeah uh it I mean it could even be this meta line where you know as the real life Suzette she also has to be protective of like how this story is told as, mm, as the EP in this that's very true yeah that's yeah. a really great observation Sharon yeah you're listening at meta 2021 oh my god <laughs> oh I didn't even think about it like that but you're so right yeah i love that that man Mm. i know that man i'm looking at their um (laughs) an article right now but (laughs) so to that point uh it's it's a kind of roundup of who suzette is or whatever and one of these points Mm. is she's continuing to preserve selena's memory so she's the ceo and president of operations at q productions um so obviously she's playing a role in the Selena Mack collection. Um, let's see. Promise myself that I would leave this world. I will accomplish what she started. And that's her talking about Selena's clothing line. So that might be something to look forward to here soon. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, she obviously takes Selena's legacy as um, a very important thing. And, and I think, we do owe a lot to Suzette and I think I'm just so pro Suzette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think other, other exciting, there's no good segue for this, but <laughs> other exciting things that um, just, I feel like I was looking forward to in this series was just seeing the, how the music videos would be incorporated into it. Um, and I really was so happy to see the episode, beginning of episode eight has the had the Buenos Amigos um, music video, and see like that was a music video that when I was younger I was watching it and there was just something very memorable and like almost tangible about the way it looked where you've got like these swooping camera things and they're just cross dissolving like crazy and then. There was always the thing of like Selena doing that hand move, mm. which our listeners can't quite see what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and it was it was really cool to watch that. And that was another moment that I had, like the Beauty and the Beast moment I mentioned earlier, where I was just like, wait, but something's off. What is it? And I went back to 
watched the video and I was like, oh man, they like completely left out one of Selena's looks in this music video uh-huh. where she's like in a black cocktail dress and she's got her hair down, like probably up to her shoulders. And I was, and that was another moment that I was like, I wonder if that was for budget reasons, but uh-huh. I just felt like they just, that music video is just such a beautiful showcase of Selena that I was just like, I'm happy to see it, but I'm also slightly disappointed. But I, but I am very glad that we got to see just the making of that. And that is how we led to it becoming like the bil- number one billboard song. Um, and I guess they did choose the cooler of the two outfits in the video where she's wearing her little police hat and like the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. God, she just looks amazing in that video. And it was exciting to see that. Um, on screen. But the the Ven Conmigo performance, um, so in episode eight, there's another Johnny Canales performance that mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah. remember what she's wearing. Um, the cowhide. Is this the cowhide part? Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. So oh, right. that the was spark- a really the sparkly cows. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was also, I was like, yes, they did showcase and make a thing of the cow outfits. Yeah. Like, I, like, and I love that they played humor in that. It was just like, can we just be the second band that yeah. this? Just like, that was so that was great that was so and great Pete, like, Pete yeah. let's get moving I'm like oh my god I love these puns yes. they were just clowning on her about it it was so yeah. funny but there they were and it's iconic you know yeah yeah no for sure and I I got I love that so much and I think part also of the excitement of that was just you know being from Texas and seeing that Johnny Canales logo in behind the performance and it was just like oh my gosh this is on worldwide television like the Johnny Canales logo is now being seen around the world that was just so exciting and like the actor who's playing him again who we talked about uh, Luis Bordonada he is just really good at playing Johnny Canales in general And so a lot of times when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, well, let me check out, you know, the video and Mm. check out like Johnny Canales compare. He's so, so good at that. And then that led me into like a rabbit hole of like, I remember Johnny Canales was from Corpus, um, but apparently he wasn't born there. And, And then I read up even further and apparently he grew up in Rockstown, which is the school district that I grew up in. Oh, wow. Like- Chelsea knows about this but like that town has been voted the worst town to live in um in uh, USA Today put out a list of like the worst cities to live in in our country and Rob Sound was the Texas uh the the city that represented Texas oh my and god I was just like oh my gosh this Rob Sound this boy who grew up in Rob Sound is now being seen worldwide as like what you know people refer to him as kind of like the Dick Clark of Tejano music yeah yeah and it was just exciting to see that and just, you know, um, I, I it just got me thinking of growing up in Robstown and I, I didn't realize that if it weren't for me growing up in that town, I don't really know what my connection to Selena would have been. Like, that is the town that immersed me in Tejano music and um, it just, I don't know, it just gave me so much gratitude for for just being able to have had exposure to that, to that, to this story that like made such an impact on my own life growing mm-hmm. up. And then, I don't know, just, it, it almost feels like this crazy full circle thing, even though I'm not even in that narrative, mm-hmm. you know, 
but it's just it just speaks to the power of Selena and um, South Texas and just Texas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That was an exciting like bit of trivia to find out. That's awesome. Yeah. How cool! And I guess just the final note was it's just it's exciting to watch a show on screen right now that is about um, Latinx perseverance as you know even in, in all it's like uh, negative things that are wrapped around it maybe in, in its toxicity even but like it's great to see Latinx perseverance and not just to show that's about our issues mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's true yes I sang a lot along a lot more in these past few episodes so I'm excited to yeah. uh sing along more when they were like putting together the songs oh like, yeah come on the floor yeah yeah it's coming I'm so excited but um but yeah that's all I have I think on in my in my notes what about y'all any yeah. last closing remarks stay tuned for episode nine review so yeah to talk to episode about. nine or the, the next episode is basically going to be us talking about nine and then just like overall right yeah yeah our overall thoughts woo all right well stick around folks